Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! Enrique Ogunbowale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, yeah. how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTRadio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner. Darren Pritchett. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on 960 AM WSBT, which is, of course, your home of the Fighting Irish football team. Sportsbeat tonight also back streaming live at WSBTradio.com on our free WSBT radio app. And hello to all the folks tuning in with the video stream right now underway via the Twitch app. My name is Darren Pritchett. Good to be back with you after a couple of days off. A productive couple of days off. My golf swing has been a disaster for about a year and a half. My golf coach, the great John Foster, the former Warren Golf Course general manager, moved out of state. So my golf coach is gone, and the golf swing has been struggling ever since. Now, I don't get to play as much as I would like, but when I do, it's been... A frustrating year and a half, but a bit of a breakthrough during a little vacation time. Just if you play golf, you understand sometimes you beat yourself, you do stupid things or you try stupid things. And sometimes the stupid things turn out to be a smart thing. Well, after playing nine holes on Friday, went back Saturday, played nine more. I scooted away from the golf ball. I stood a little more erect, and the golf swing came back for the most part and shot a one-over par for only the fourth time in my life. I don't know how I did it. 
but we'll take it. It's something to build on. But of course, as we all know, if you play the game of golf, the golf gods give it, then they take it away. So the next time out, we'll probably go back to being an absolute disaster. No, no. Positive attitude. Positive. Things are going to go well the next time I tee it up, which will be next week. And next week's going to be one more vacation week for me to refuel, to recharge the batteries, because we all know what's coming up the week after next. It's going to be full go Notre Dame football coverage here on WSBT Radio. Nothing official yet from Notre Dame when the start of camp is going to be. But with the Irish participating in week zero of the college football season, you would have to assume they're going to get started sometime before August the 1st. So that means when I come back, probably we're going to be in full swing. And on July the 26th, a reminder if you've not heard, me saying it or the promos running on our station but my good friend Eric Hansen now part of the rivals team he is going to be rejoining the program as a co-host he's going to be on a couple of days a week and I believe the first day is going to be July the 26th two weeks from tomorrow so it's going to be wonderful to have Eric back on the airwaves a hall of fame writer and I think we worked together nine years here at WSBT Radio. Nine and times. Yes. Nine times. Nine times. Nine years times, but that'll work. But it's going to be great to have Eric back in the studio. We'll talk football. We'll have nonsense conversations, just kind of what you would expect if you listen to the program with Eric years ago. So we are looking forward to... July the 26th, 15 days away from the return of Eric to our airwaves. We are 46 days away from the Notre Dame football home opener. I'm sorry, the football opener in Dublin, Ireland. Not necessarily a home game. The Irish taking on the United States Naval Academy. It's Navy's home game. That'll be August the 26th, 2.30 Eastern time kickoff. Here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And for those of us that are hockey nerds, just as important as the Notre Dame football opener, the Notre Dame hockey opener, officially now 88 days away. We're Dale Earnhardt Jr. away from the start of another Notre Dame hockey season. The Irish hockey non-conference schedule came out today. No surprise. We knew this because Clarkson released their schedule, and they showed they're coming to South Bend October 7th and the 8th to kick off the season. That will be the case and for those of you that have home season tickets, you've got a pretty good non-conference docket as a Frozen Four team in Boston University is coming to town for two games. you got Boston College coming back for one game right around Thanksgiving time. So between Clarkson, BU, and BC, those are quality hockey teams coming to South Bend to take on the Irish. We do not know the Big Ten hockey schedule as of yet, but we do know the non-conference hockey schedule and we're 88 days away from October the 7th Notre Dame and Clarkson from the Compton Family Ice Arena and a game that you can hear on our sister station Quality Rock 94.3 FM that will once again be your home of fighting Irish hockey and to wet your whistle on some college hockey or just hockey in general tomorrow night's program at 5 30 eastern time I'll be joined by Notre Dame starting goaltender Ryan Bischel. He is back for another year, which is massive news. 
for the Fighting Irish. She's got a hockey camp coming up that we want to tell you about, and we'll talk some hockey in general with Notre Dame goaltender Ryan Bischel on tomorrow night's Budweiser's weekday sports beat at 5.30 here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. All right, coming up on the program, we'll talk to Mark Haley from the South Bend Cubs Performance Center and South Bend Cubs Foundation at the bottom of the hour. We've got our Twitter question of the day up. We'll talk some Major League Baseball All-Star game. Mike Singer, Blue and Gold Illustrated, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, joins the program probably right around 620 to talk Notre Dame football recruiting, and we're talking Gerby. If you follow recruiting, you know who I'm talking about. You don't need a last name. All that coming up as we have about an hour and 45 minutes left of Budweiser's weekday sports beat. We have the Major League Baseball All-Star Game via ESPN Radio coming up at 7 o'clock here on WSBT Radio. We begin with our hat trick of opening topics. Bill Steele, Love is College Football Preview Magazine. Bought it when it came out. I've read through all of the opponent prognostications on the Notre Dame schedule. Phil had some interesting thoughts on the Fighting Irish in 2023. Steele said, quote, they were plus 10 in turnovers and had three net close wins, but Freeman has a stronger team in his second year, and they host both Ohio State and USC, making them a legitimate national title contender. They have a top 10 defense, and with quarterback Sam Hartman and a dangerous run game, they are improved on offense and also have my number six rated special teams unit. That's the comment of Phil Steele from his preview magazine on the possibilities for the Fighting Irish in 2023. Phil is extremely bullish on Marcus Freeman's Fighting Irish. And with Sam Hartman at quarterback, it gives you a lot of hope. I have felt this for years. We saw it unfold when Brady Quinn was the quarterback of the Irish almost 20 years ago now. Does that make you feel old? Brady covered up for a lot of deficiencies on those teams that went to BCS Bowl games under Charlie Weiss, going to the Fiesta Bowl, losing to Ohio State, going to the Sugar Bowl, and losing to LSU. The defenses weren't very good. The run game was okay. But Brady Quinn made that team a whole lot better than they probably should have been. They're not BCS teams those years without a great quarterback like Brady Quinn. But now you bring Sam Hartman into the fold. And you do couple him with what Bill Steele calls a dangerous run game. If you can tell me the offensive guard spots are going to be fine. Two new guards to fill out the starting five this year. Likely Christophic and Shrouth, but let's wait and see. And if they gel with the other three players, Alt, Carell, and Fisher, then absolutely they could have a dangerous run game. I'm waiting for Jadarian Price to get out on the field and provide that home run pop that you're looking for at the running back position. But I have to admit, 
He is a tad bit more bullish than I am sitting here on July the 11th. He calls the Notre Dame defense a, a unit that could be top 10 this year. That's a bold statement. I just need to see that defensive line, the starters, the two deep perform in a big game environment. You lost some really, really good players off last year's team from that defensive line, Foskey. You think about the front of that defense. There were some horses that the Irish have to replace. And until I see that, I'm just hesitant to go all in and say that could be a top 10 defense. The linebacking core should be outstanding with that mix of veteran and youth talent. The cornerbacks are exciting with Morrison and Hart. Safety, again, wait and see. So with a couple of wait and sees, I'm just not going to say top 10 elite like Steele is. But if they are, he gets first credit. Hands down first credit. And he talks about having Ohio State and USC at home. Yeah, that's a good, good thing. But those are two really good football teams. And going to Clemson, it's going to be a handful. I think we all recognize that NC State game is tricky. Duke on the road after Ohio State is going to be tricky. Pittsburgh might be better than we think. So there's a lot of landmines. We can focus on the three big games as we should. But it's not like it is a cakewalk in the other nine contests. Three or four should be Cupcake City. The rest, hey, it's going to take good football from this squad to get the job done. And Phil has special teams rated number six in the country. That's high praise. Coming off a great year last year with a new special teams coordinator who now left for the Indianapolis Colts. You get a brand new place kicker. I'm going to do the wait-and-see mode on that one. But high praise on the Irish from Phil Steele in his new college football preview. Hat trick of opening topics, number two, the AL Central pennant chase. We can check it out with things now resting for a few days in the standings. The American League Central is not a beauty pageant. It doesn't matter how many games you win as long as you win the division. If 65 wins win to the division, you're in the playoffs. If you win 120, you win the division, you're in the playoffs. Probably doesn't mean you're going to do very well in the playoffs, but getting in is getting in. And the AL Central is like a demolition derby right now. As teams are fighting just to get over the 500 mark. Right now, Twins, Guardians, Tigers, White Sox, Royals is your order. DraftKings Sportsbook. Their odds to win the NL Central. The odds-on favorite is the team in front right now, the Minnesota Twins at minus 170. So if you bet 10, you would win 1588. Not a lot of return on your investment, but the Twins should be the favorite to win the AL Central. Then you got the Cleveland Guardians, who are in second place right now. Plus 180 for the Guardians to win the AL Central. Not out of the realm of possibility. Still searching for better offense. Will they trade Shane Bieber, their veteran top of the rotation starting pitcher, who has taken a step back? Could he be made available at the deadline, even with the Guardians in the race? 
If you want the Guardians at plus 180, you can bet 10 bucks to win 28 if they win the AL Central. Now we get to the long shots. White Sox, Tigers, Royals. If you want to go for the Gusco, these are your teams. The White Sox, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, their odds to win the AL Central is plus 2,000. When you consider they might trade 40% of their rotation at the deadline, probably wise to leave the White Sox alone. But if you're frisky, then you can bet $10 on the White Sox, and at plus 2,000, you can win 210 bucks. The Tigers, plus 3,500. Even though they're ahead of the White Sox, higher odds. So for the Tigers, you can bet 10 to win $360 if the Tigers stun the world and win the AL Central. And finally, the Kansas City Royals. Well, if you love long shots, this is your team. The Kansas City Royals odds to win the AL Central plus 80,000. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. Forget about it. They're done. No shot. They'd have to win every game the rest of the way. But if you play the Powerball, you might as well play the Royals. Plus 80,000 for the Royals means you bet 10 to win 8,010 bucks on good old Kansas City. Our third and final hat trick of opening topics for tonight. The Indianapolis Colts preparing for a brand new season. And their rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson, will be getting plenty of snaps in fall camp. The number four overall pick in the draft out of the University of Florida. We'll be digging deep into that Shane Steichen playbook, trying to figure it out, trying to put himself in position at some point this year to not only get playing time, but to become the starter for Indianapolis. Gardner Minshew, of course, the veteran, knows the system from his days in Philadelphia. He'll be your starter on opening day, barring an injury or barring Anthony Richardson figuring it out way ahead of schedule. Jim Ursay, the owner of the Colts, was on the Pat McAfee radio show. Not sure it's really a radio show. It's a show. Ursay on Richardson, quote, for Anthony Richardson, it's going to be tough. We know that. But he has to play to get better. I mean, there's no question. Gardner Minshew could come out and obviously play better early or just being a veteran, but we have to get Anthony on the field. That's Shane's call when he decides to do it. End quote. Jim Ursay on quarterback Anthony Richardson. The one thing about Richardson, he's the type of kid that you can create a package or two for at some point early on in the season, I don't want to say to force him on the field because you have to earn your playing time, but his skill set is different than Gardner's. You can want that defense to prepare for Gardner 
going into the ball game, but also have to spend a little time knowing that Richardson could get on the field. And with his scrambling ability, with his running ability, great athleticism, he could cause some headaches. Now, is there any doubt when he comes in the game, teams are probably going to think run right away? Of course. No doubt about that. But depending on how far he gets, and keeping in mind, he only has to worry about a couple of plays and the different looks that the defense could give him, it might offer the Colts an opportunity to A, get him on the field, get him accustomed to the speed of the game, get him experience, but at the same time, they're not trying to lose. Maybe a package or two of Richardson in a game can help this football team. Now he's got to execute for that to be reality, but it is an interesting thought that you can create something just for Richardson and he can focus on that and try to make those plays as good as he possibly can. Get your feet wet, help the team possibly win a game. Works well for Indianapolis. But as we all know, in the NFL, these quarterbacks, everybody get antsy. They want them on the field as quick as possible so you can begin evaluating on what you have at the quarterback position. Chances are the Colts will not be a playoff team this year. So in due time, he'll get his opportunity if the Colts are sitting 3-7, and 4-9. and nine. If they're in that range, then Richardson, if ready, or maybe not, will get on the field to show Colts fans what he can do. 527 is our time. Budweiser's weekday sports beat resumes in a moment on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. We enter the second hour, Budweiser's weekday sports beat, brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser. For 13 years, Folds of Honor and Budweiser have provided life-changing scholarships to military families. Join United Beverage in raising a bud to raise funds for Folds of Honor. We're also brought to you by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, now with three locations to serve you. Barnaby's the Family Inn, by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at FeedIndiana.org. And by Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Okay, our Twitter question of the day. Again, due to a very short show on Thursday, we did not have a question, but we have one to recap from last week that we have not done so yet on the program. From these choices, what Notre Dame fall camp position battle concerns you the most? Two offensive guard spots, the slot corner or the nickel, defensive line two-man, or the tight end position? You voted on my Twitter account. 
at 960 Sportsbeat. Here were the results. Not much concern about the nickel slot corner spot. Only 2.3% who voted said they're concerned about that area, which features a competition between Thomas Harper, the grad transfer from Oklahoma State, who played that position with the Cowboys, and a couple of returnees, Ramon Henderson and Clarence Lewis. Third place in the voting. Tight end only got 4.5%. I don't think it's because everybody is absolutely locked in that without Michael Mayer, everything's going to just fall into place. There's a lot of options. Options are good. There won't be that alpha guy, but I think there's going to be two, three guys that can really help the position. And I think this vote is more about needs elsewhere on the football team. Needs in terms of, are these spots going to be okay? We go to second place in the voting. What Notre Dame fall camp position battle concerns you the most? 20.5% went with the two offensive guard spots. Probably Andrew Kristoffic and Billy Shrout will be your guys. But the Irish have to replace both offensive guards, and you want to protect your new quarterback, Sam Hartman. You want to give Audrick Estime and crew as many big holes as you can. So let's see if the guard spots are going to be fine for the Irish this year. And winning the vote handily, 72.7% say the position battle that concerns them the most is trying to figure out the two-man depth chart along the Fighting Irish defensive line. Foskey, Adamiolas, those guys are gone. And how will the Irish hold up up front in their two-man depth chart along the defensive line? That is your biggest concern going into fall camp. We appreciate you voting. Now today's question. Already available on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. We can all agree that Notre Dame improved their quarterback position with the addition of Sam Hartman. Let's throw Sam aside. But what about the other 21 starters compared to last year? Are those 21 other starters compared to last year better, close to the same, or not as good? Those are your choices. Go to my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. Again, we can all agree that Notre Dame improved their quarterback position with the addition of Sam Hartman. But what about the other 21 starters compared to last year? Better, close to same, not as good. We'd love for you to vote again on my Twitter account at 960 Sports. We'll come back tomorrow and provide the results of today's Twitter question of the day. 611 at WSBT. Listen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the App Store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. Very short segment because we want to get to Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, to talk about the latest Fighting Irish football recruiting news. But in this short segment, <laughs> It's almost as expected if you're a Chicago White Sox fan. Just announced a little bit ago during the first round of Monday's Home Run Derby, White Sox outfielder Luis Robert 
felt tightness in his right calf and continued on another round in home run derby. He underwent an MRI in Seattle and is listed as day-to-day. Luis Robert will not play in tonight's All-Star game as a precaution and will be evaluated again before the season restarts Friday in Atlanta. So the White Sox will not have a player on the field. In tonight's All-Star game, Marcus Stroman of the Cubs will not pitch. Justin Steele is available, and Michael Lorenzen of the Tigers is available. So only two of the four are going to be in a position to possibly play in this game as Luis Robert is out due to injury, and Marcus Stroman just is not going to pitch in the All-Star game. Major League Baseball All-Star Game coming up tonight. Coverage starts at 7 o'clock right after Sportsbeat here on Budweiser's Weekday Sportsbeat on WSBT Radio. We need to talk about Gerby Lambert. We need to talk about visitors coming to Notre Dame at the end of the month. Notre Dame football recruiting talk is on the way next. Budweiser's Weekday Sportsbeat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTRadio.com, the WSBT Radio app, and on Twitch as Darren Pritchett talks Notre Dame football recruiting with Blue and Gold Illustrated insider Mike Singer. Well, right now we're in a dead period for Notre Dame football recruiting, but... That doesn't mean there aren't things to talk about. We're going to jump right in with Mike Singer, our Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. We are broadcasting on 960 AM WSBT, wsbtradio.com, and also on the Blue and Gold YouTube channel. Mike, let's begin with a guy, probably all we have to say is his first name, and Notre Dame football fans are going to know who we're talking about, but for everybody, Gerby Lambert, an elite offensive tackle, out of the Northeast, you have really done a great job of laying out his talents and his interest in Notre Dame. What is the latest on good old Gerby? Yeah, the name that uh, we love, Gerby Lambert. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, this is an elite prospect, uh, number 51 overall player per the on three industry ranking, number four offensive tackle in the country. Listed at 6'6", 290 pounds. This is a big boy. Um, is Gerby Lambert from a Catholic Memorial in the state of Massachusetts. Here's the latest. He had a rare interview with Andres Chad Simmons uh, on Monday night, and the article went up Tuesday morning. Blueandgold.com subscribers, you can read the full article yourself, but w- I'll give you guys definitely one super interesting tidbit. Lambert said that Catholic Memorial – is it has a very similar feel to Notre Dame, or I should say Notre Dame is similar feel mm-hmm. to Catholic Memorial for him, right? He also officially visited Ohio State in June, and he mentioned in the article, Ohio State did not feel like Catholic <laughs> Memorial. And I and I think some kids, they want to get away from that, right? It's like, oh, I've been going to Catholic school. Like, I don't want to go there anymore. I get the sense that Lambert was speaking that in a positive thing for Notre Dame, and I think a negative thing for Ohio State. You know, this is a kid who hasn't gone out on the road a ton. His four out-of-state – or excuse me, he's he's left the state of Massachusetts twice for college visits, Notre Dame and Boston College. Excuse me, Notre Dame and Ohio State official visits. The other two official visits were in state, Boston College and Harvard. I get the sense, Darren, 
that Notre Dame is at the top, and he even said in the article another tidbit, Notre Dame is the team to beat, quote-unquote. I think the better question for Lambert is who's number two? I I think it's pretty clear that Notre Dame is the team to beat for Gerby Lambert, um, and I, I like him to make a decision sometime in the next month. Um, so it, it's looking pretty good for Notre Dame. I mean, it's not done, right? I mean, he could have a, a change of heart and be like, no, I really want to stay home. I'll, I want to go to Boston College or, or Harvard. Can't believe we're talking about Harvard, seriously, with the you know, five-star caliber recruit. But that's kind of where we're at. Like, Notre Dame looks pretty clearly the top school for Gerby Lambert. I think the only thing that pulls him away from that right now is if he has some last minute, yeah, I want to stay close to home. Like that's super important to me. We saw that with Isaiah Canyon, right? Committed to Notre Dame. It was for what, just two months, less than two months. And then he decommits out of nowhere because he wants to stay close to home. And two days later commits to Georgia Tech. Like that's the only thing I think where he doesn't end up at Notre Dame, but with recruiting Darren, you kind of predict the unpredictable. Um, or I, I, I should say that you, you're nervous about the unpredictable nature of recruiting. But otherwise, I mean, this looks pretty good for Notre Dame. And if, if the Irish are able to land Gerby Lambert, that is huge for the 2024 class. Like Justin Scott, sure, you would have liked to have him. Elijah Rushing, you know, some of these, you know, top talent. But you get Gerby Lambert. I mean, this 2024 class, you got the quarterback you want to see, Jay Carr, and then you get the, you know, Notre Dame's top, the top offensive tackle target on their board this entire cycle. You get him, I mean, what's there to complain about? And we can almost go a little big picture if Gerby picks Notre Dame. Your guy, Joe Alt's going to go to the draft more than likely. It would be a shock if he doesn't. Blake Fisher has a decision to make. He's a starting right tackle. If he believes he can be a left tackle at the next level, he might stick around and play left tackle. Gerby Lambert's a guy that can play left or right tackle, right? So it gives a lot of versatility to Notre Dame in 2024. Yeah, and we, we've talked about this before, Darren. You don't often, you know, when you're referring to a, uh, a high schooler, be like, yeah, I think he could play or, or, or offensive tackle. Sure. Right, coming in as a, as a true freshman, you don't often say, "Oh, I think he could." Uh, I think he could play as a true freshman, especially at a place like Notre Dame. But uh, I said before, I'm saying again, I, I think Irby Lambert is, is that type of talent. Um, now I don't think you you count on him as a true freshman right. starter. It would be a, a definite an added bonus. Um, but uh, this would be, it would be huge for the future. But yeah, like you said, it could also be a big benefit to the 2024 season as well. All right, so that's Mike talking about Gerby Lambert. Let's move along to some top recruits who are going to be coming to South Bend at the end of the month uh, before high school football starts. Great time to get some visits done and give us an idea of some of the great talents that might be coming through South Bend. Yeah, the end of July um, really since Freeman got to Notre Dame as defensive coordinator. I'm sure they did something like that before that point. Uh, but it seems like since Freeman got here, this there, there's a date at the end of July where Notre Dame has a big 
recruiting events, um, and it's mainly geared towards the next class. So players going into their junior of high school, there will be some seniors, rising seniors. Like I think there's going to be a few Notre Dame commits, but again, it's really geared because that class is mainly finished. Um, again, they might take four more guys in the 2024 class. Um, so it's big unofficial day. It's July 30th for Notre Dame. And I wanted to share five names for Notre Dame that will be visiting on that day. Jerome Bettis Jr. Again, you can guess who the senior is there. Uh, <laughs> 6'3", 185 pounds, wide receiver from, from Woodward Academy. Haven't logged a prediction yet. I, I have my own reasons, um, which I can you know share at a later date for why I haven't yet. But Darren, pretty much formality for my, my prediction there. I know people are just you know, at the edge of their seats waiting for Mike Singer to put in predictions. It's the most interesting thing in the world. Um, but seriously, I, I, I really like Notre Dame to land Jerome Bettis Jr. It's interesting, Darren, like Notre Dame is still looking for that third 2024 wide receiver. They're like, you can project what they're going to do in 2025. I mean, Jerome Bettis, Cooper Perry, Derek Meadows, there's, I think Notre Dame leads for all three of those guys. And I think they might actually land all three. Interestingly enough, I've already logged predictions for Perry and Meadows to end up at Notre Dame. I think Bettis is a uh, fairly safe bet. So that, that could be your three man receiver class. But then you could also add Talon Taylor uh, from Chicago to that group, the number 58 overall player, number 10 receiver, maybe Notre Dame takes four in the class. It's, it's pretty early to start talking about, you know, projected takes, uh, but Talon Taylor will be visiting for that July 30th barbecue cookout event. Again, Bettis will as well. Taylor uh, being in, uh, you know, a Chicagoland kid, highly ranked. Notre Dame offered him in March as, as well as, as Bettis. You would love to see Notre Dame land um, this type of talent. Uh, Gabe Kaminsky, another Chicago prospect from Nazareth Academy, uh, a four-star player. Notre Dame in pursuit of him. Um, listed at 6'3", 215, someone who's, you know, I, I think that might be an outdated height weight. Like this kid's getting bigger and bigger. Notre Dame offered him in March, and uh, I think this will be his third or fourth visit to campus. Um, so another Chicago prospect to keep an eye on. I think we talked last week or the week before, Darren, about Justin Thurman, uh, a, a four-star running back out of Tampa Jesuit. I logged a prediction for him recently. He he tells me that he's planning to be, um, you know, on campus that date. Former high school teammate of Christian Gray. Um, you know, when Thurman was living in St. Louis before moving to Florida, also knows freshman running back Jeremiah Love really well. So that St. Louis connection is interesting. Again, he's listed as a Florida guy, but this would be a St. Louis pipeline and continuing that for Notre Dame. And, and then uh, actually, sorry, just four, Darren, just just uh, okay. just four of the, the guys that we have a full list going at bloomgold.com. You can check out. All right. Very good. You know, with this pipeline in St. Louis, you got to make a trip and do a little MLS game on the side with the way things are going. Oh, you know, I will. You know, I'm I know you will to do that. Yeah. How, how about a 2024 prediction, Mike? What do you have for us? Okay, so this one's interesting. It is 2024 prediction. It's also kind of 2026. Hmm. So it's for Davis Andrews. We've talked about Darren from American Fork, Utah three-star across the board. I think this kid's very underrated. I, I love this kid's game. So I did log the prediction. And long story short, he is taking a Mormon mission trip. He graduates from high school in December, and then he's taking a two-year trip. So he would be, what, 19, 20 years old. And then when he's done with that trip, at that point, he would come back to Notre Dame as a 
you know, again, 19 or 20 year old true freshman. So pretty interesting. Um, like Kahanukia is coming back after doing his two year mission. And as far as I'm told, he's actually going to return to Notre Dame. It's kind of the downside with this. Like if, or when the kids come back from the grocery trip, they're basically a high school recruit again. Like they can go anywhere they want. Um, so that's a little bit of the downside, but the upside being you're getting a, you know, 19 or 20 year old kid with four years of eligibility. Like that's, that's, you're, I mean, that's, you're more developed as a human, right? Like yeah. at that age. So um, it's kind of like a, a win-win scenario for Notre Dame. Like you really, you know, there's not a whole lot of loss here. So I did log the prediction, you know, he wouldn't count towards Notre Dame's 2024 class numbers, he'd count towards 2026 actually. Um, so, yeah, and I do, from talking to sources, I do gather that Notre Dame is a team to beat here. Um, it's either Notre Dame or, or, or Utah. Um, so, at least from what I gathered. But one ahead long to prediction. It could happen this summer. That verbal commitment might happen into the fall. But I, I think regardless, I think Davis Andrews ends up at Notre Dame. And he's locked in as a safety prospect? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know, he's interesting. He's a he's pretty big kid. I, I could see him playing Rover. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Notre Dame recruiting him as a safety. Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. So between now and signing day in December, I want to ask you about the Notre Dame coaching staff and who has the biggest assignment, maybe the most to do, most babysitting. You can kind of take this whatever direction you want to go. So let's go offense and defense. Let's begin on the offensive side of the football, Mike. Which of the Notre Dame assistants do you feel like has the biggest assignment between now and signing day in December? See, okay, from a recruiting perspective, yes. right? That's what we're... <sighs> Offense has got to be Gadouli or um, – well, I mean, I guess you could throw in Jerry Parker because, like, hey, he's the offensive coordinator. Like, sure. you got to show your chops as a recruiter. Um, but I would still probably lean Gadouli. Like, show me what you got at this quarter. But you inherited CJ Carr, and you said between now and signing day, right? Correct. I would say, yeah, it's Gadouli because it's either, hey, are you? And I'm looking at that 2025 class. Absolutely. Though, it's not even about 2024. Can you land one of these top guys in 2025? Can you get Deuce Knight? Because that 2025 board really looks like Deuce Knight. There's a kid, Bear Bachermeyer from. Um, uh, from Southern California, who, who you know, Gaduli really likes, but hasn't formally offered yet. Like, show me your chops there, or it's Joe Rudolph. Um, you know, if Notre Dame lands Gerby Lambert, like kudos to to Joe Rudolph, but honestly, it's kind of Notre Dame is recruiting a bit of a. I don't want to take anything away from Rudolph, but I think that Notre Dame is recruiting itself for Gerby Lambert. Like, it's much more about the fit than any coach. Um, so I would probably lean though, and I'm looking at these two guys to show me what you can do for not only finishing up 2024 for for Rudolph, but what you can do for 2025. So I guess I'll go Rudolph um, to give you an actual answer. And then defense, I would say just because the 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 heat that this guy gets on the interweb <laughs> is, is Al Washington. Um, can you go flip Justin Scott from my state? Can you get him back on campus? I think if, like if, if Scott does visit Notre Dame again, 
I think Irish fans will be fired up just to be like, all right, you're, you're still fighting for us. You know, even if Notre Dame doesn't even flip on us, I still think there would be like a, all right, you're one of us. Like, you're, you're not giving up here. At least that's, that's, what I, that's how I would feel from a Notre Dame perspective. Um, I, I, you could th- definitely make an argument, Darren, for Al Golden, Notre Dame's defense coordinator. He's another guy who uh, – the two Al's just getting heat um, for their recruiting efforts. But I would still say Al Washington. Pretty good defensive line class. Cole Mullins, I was talking to a source today. Notre Dame loves Cole Mullins, the, you know, this uh, you know, the kind of freak athlete, uh, defensive lineman, linebacker at the high school level, Notre Dame recruitment as a Viper um, from the Atlanta area. Yeah, Notre Dame loves him, thinks he's going to be an absolute freak show and shoot up the rankings. He's a three-star across the board, but, again, Notre Dame sources think he's going to skyrocket. But uh, So, again, it's, it's a pretty good defensive line class, but for all of just the, the heat that our Washington gets, like, what can you still do in 2024 and then get off to a, a good start in 2025? I already have Davion Dixon committed, a, a beefy interior defensive lineman, but other schools are still recruiting him. Can you hold on to him? What else can you do in 2025? And, and can you maybe even flip Justin Scott? So all eyes on Al Washington. Mike, it's one of those situations. It's not Al Washington's job to make the fans happy, although when you get the big fish, the fans are happy in an indirect way, of course. But his job is to put together the best class possible. So it almost feels like, yes, he can make the class better or the 25 class even better. But this is almost more about perception right now to try to get the fan base to turn their thoughts on the possibilities that he can get that elite talent. You know where I'm going with that? Yeah. Well, what was even the original question, though? Which guy had the biggest assignment on the defensive yeah. side of the football between now and signing day. Yeah, so, I mean, we're just looking for content, right? I mean, it's not like Al Washington's re- – maybe he is, but I, I don't think he's just scrolling through his tweet, you know, his Twitter notifications <laughs> and being like, oh, man, I got to do really well because no. of the the, the, the the backlash, you know? So, yeah, I mean, for, for the sake of content, it's Al Washington. But, I mean, people ask me, like, hey, do you think he's on the, you know, the, the hot seat? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. He could be for all. I mean, but I mean, it, it's it's just we're it's it, this is off season fodder. You know, this well, is a fourth topic to wrap it up. And this is a horrible it's a good, analogy. It's a good question. What's that? Go, go ahead. I said, it's, it's, you know, it, it's it's good it's good fodder. Yep, it's it's a good discussion. But um, I mean, you could really argue any of the guys. I mean, I can make an argument for any of the coaches on the staff for why they have the biggest assignment, oh, yeah. you know. But um, Well, this is a horrible analogy, but I'm thinking with the way you describe the class Al's put together in this upcoming cycle, they've got some Mercedes Benzes, but uh, the fan base is looking for the Ferrari and the Lamborghini, basically. See where we're going there? Yeah. I mean, it's a good, yeah, good I mean, group. All the positions, all the positions, I mean. But Al Washington just gets the most heat. There's just always, Darren, there's always that one coach. You know, it's been Adele Alexander, it's been Jeff Quinn. So it's, it's always one of the coaches. And justified or not, you know, like I think a lot of the heat that Adele Alexander got was justified. I always liked Adele Alexander. I thought he, he worked hard. He just didn't succeed as a recruiter. The, uh, the, he had, I mean, that 2022 class before those decommitments, CJ, uh, CJ Williams and Marion Walker, um, and, and obviously Tobias. I mean, that was a fantastic. Yeah. But 
I, I think if he signs those three guys, he's still at Notre Dame. Hmm. Um, but he doesn't, you know, and it doesn't work out, and he, and he gets like a, you know, Jeff Quinn recruited like Fisher and Joe Hall. I, so, I mean, there's some, you know, sometimes it's it's warranted, sometimes it's not. Um, and and this this year it it's out Washington and and I think to a slightly lesser extent it's it's out Golden as well. Okay, very good. So Mike, we're less than a couple of weeks away from the start of Notre Dame football camp. So Blue and Gold Illustrated has everybody covered in the coming weeks at blueandgold.com. Yeah, we'll have the coverage of that big recruiting weekend on our website, and uh, yeah, we'll have a good bit of boots on the ground. I think at most practices if you include a photographer we'll have five five reporters there um so uh yeah it's 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 definitely the place to be over at blue always good discussion on our loose emoji message board so uh yeah always uh always check out the website see what promos we have going on we would love to have you all right, blueandgold.com is the place to go and get subscribed to Blue and Gold Illustrated. And he is Mike Singer, the Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, joining us every Tuesday to talk Notre Dame football recruiting. Always enjoy the visit. I've got some vacation time next week, so how about we do it again in two weeks? Sounds good, my friend. Thank you very much. That's Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, blueandgold.com, and more sports beat coming up in a moment on 960 AM WSBT. And, of course, we are streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app. Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 